Would you like a free audiobook? Yes. You better follow us on Twitter then at the KMQ. Tag us in a tweet and DMs don't count. Tweet us in the timeline. That's what we want. We want to talk to you out loud for real. Tell us which KMQ episode is your favorite, and we'll send you the audiobook of your choice from our Audible library. You better hurry, because some titles are going fast. Eroticism is important. It influences and energizes our entire human experience. Eroticism isn't sex. It's sexuality transformed by our imaginations. We encourage lurid listeners to cultivate eroticism, to play with it, smack it, and rub it down. We want you to enjoy yourselves, your partners, and your sexuality. You are entitled to your sexual self. This show is for adults only, and it contains erotic stories that sometimes feature provocative characters and intense themes and situations. I mean, hopefully most of the time they're provocative characters, but, you know. Sometimes soft ones are nice. Yeah. Spanning many literary genres, including action, adventure, science fiction, romance, horror, fantasy, and paranormal. Please be an adult and listen responsibly. Turn it off if you don't want it. Exactly. Turn it up if you like it. Welcome back to the Kiss Me Quicks Erotica Podcast. This is your sexy librarian, Rose Carraway, and joining me in the studio again after his big old long refractory period. <laughs> big daddy. Oh, just dig. mine, is it? <laughs> Women don't have one, nor do we require one, don't you know? <laughs> I'm so jealous. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm jealous, and I'm not, I, I don't have one. <laughs> I'm jealous of myself. How's that possible? <laughs> Welcome back, you guys. We've missed you. We have been... We've been busy. We've been so busy. We've done, in the matter of, what, four months? Yes. Three audiobooks, which for us is an insane pace. Yeah. And we have two more on the way. You know, for this little mom and pop shop we got running here. Exactly. Literally mom and pop. Yeah. Coming soon, Women's Orgasm Erotica, edited by Rachel Kramer Bustle. In Medias Res... You in the Midst of Things, published by us, Stupid Fish Productions. And, like, this one gives me goosebumps. Insatiable Wives, Women Who Stray, and the Men Who Love Them, by Dr. David Lay, Ph.D. Is that redundant if I say doctor and put the Ph.D. on it? I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I am, I'm putting it in your ears. You need to know that this guy is legit. And... I read this book a few years ago, and it was fascinating. Fa that's how I would describe this. Um, it's all about cuckolding, what it is, and hot wifing, and many other things yeah. about human sexuality. Monogamy. It, about monogamy and non-monogamy, all of those things. Yeah, narrating that thing. I think I may have been smiling the entire time. It features narrative by Dr. David Lay, plus... The really sexy part, if, you know, information just doesn't do it for you, which it does for me, but there are actual interviews where Dr. David Lay interviewed couples living, quote, the lifestyle, the cuckolding or hot wifing lifestyle. Fascinating, fascinating, fascinating. Yeah, no, I'm excited. It's our very first nonfiction book, which we <laughs> plan to do much more of that. 
Uh, yeah. You know, we've already got it going, but yeah, uh, yeah there's going to be some good stuff coming your way. So yeah, this we're, you know, as we have always preached since the beginning, since 2011, we like to give you candy, but with that candy, a little bit of medicine. So, you know, how big is your erotic brain? Make it bigger. The new year is coming. It is your chance to broaden your horizons, smarten the fuck up about what you want, what you might want, how to talk about it with your partner. And um, enjoy it guilt-free. And freaking enjoy it guilt-free. Agreed. Oof, yeah. Which is hard. Yes. That's hard. It's hard for even us sometimes. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, everyone's got that it's baggage. It's scary putting yourself out there. But yeah. if you don't, it hurts worse, I think. Absolutely. It hurts you and your relationship. Yeah. So, you know what? We hope you had a great Thanksgiving holiday if you partook. We hope you feasted well. And we want to tell you now we're back and it's time to feast on some freaking KMQ episodes. Eroticism, Let's baby. Let's get erotic. Yes, I'm so glad to be back. We are featuring a story from our one of our latest uh, brand new audiobooks titled Coming Soon. Women's Orgasm Erotica, edited by Rachel Kramer Bustle. You guys know we love her and Cleus Press, and we have all come together. We didn't all come together, but we worked together and produced another fine-assed audiobook just mm. for you guys. And we're going to feature a story today, a male-female hookup story titled I'm Her by Henry Corrigan. We chose to feature this one on the podcast because... Everyone, I think, knows that there's a certain amount of exhilaration that happens in anonymity, a freedom, if you will. Um, And, you know, it got me thinking as we were listening back to this, the new year is coming. Have you yet taken charge of your sexuality? Have you ever written what you want down? Well, the lady in this story has created an ad and she's meeting a fellow and I don't think that this character has ever found freedom until this moment Mm -hmm. Um, and it's hot as hell so you know it's fun yeah hookup stories are fun and this is a fun one yeah and also ladies if you know what you want write it down I it is my firm belief that men want to know uh, and most are willing to learn and certainly most are willing to be taught any of the good ones, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> the good ones. The ones to keep around. Exactly. Yeah. All right, you guys. So, here we go. And now, I'm Her by Henry Corrigan. Catherine could hardly breathe. Perched on the hard plastic chair in Terminal C, she tried to focus on the red-eyed men and women power walking by, but the longer she looked, the more she found herself studying their faces, searching for that flash of recognition, looking for the one who was looking for her. Pulling her eyes away from the crowd, Catherine stared at the scuff marks littering the floor at the candy wrappers and string, the dust that had worked its way into the crevices of her shoes. She forced herself to take a deep breath and then let it out slowly, like the last guest at the end of the night. With a sigh, she took stock, 
sensing for the first time how truly tense she was. Releasing her grappling hook fingers, she stretched them, the creak reaching all the way up to her wrists. When she kicked out her leg, her knee cracked gunshot loud, and she blushed. Certain that someone would be looking, she eyed the crowd, but no one glanced her way. Her nearest neighbor was an elderly man, one row over, sleepily scanning a newspaper. Even as she noticed him, his eyes closed. Catherine checked her watch. It was 9.57. She had 63 minutes left. With an absent nod, she tried to reassure herself. She could do it. She could wait that long, and if nothing came of it, well, a medley of emotions played in her mind, with relief providing the high notes and disappointment supplying the bass. But between them resounded an instrument she could not name, one that might have been a mix of the two, or only an echo playing along her bones. Like a conductor brandishing her baton, Catherine silenced the medley. Her ad had been posted late last night, leaving little time to read and even less to respond. The odds of anyone reading it, let alone being local enough to make it down. Catherine hadn't wanted to hold out hope, but she'd lain awake anyway, imagining a hundred replies, or a thousand, or a line stretching down the promenade. Near dawn, she'd finally drifted off to thoughts of leaving the airport and walking bow-legged out to her car. Fifty-nine minutes left. She shrugged. No one would show. And if this disappointed her, well, that had always been a risk. Regardless of what happened, she would drive back to her safe, normal life. Thinking of home, she pictured it in all its regimented glory. Right now, Katie and Michael would be outside playing, their grandmother hard at work on lunch. Everyone would smile as she walked in, her little one's faces streaked with sunscreen and light. But at the thought of her mother... Something close to guilt crowded around Catherine's feet. She hadn't liked lying, but she'd grown so tired of the older woman's well-meaning advice. A friend of mine is coming over for dinner next week, and she's bringing her son. He's divorced, too, and a nice guy. You've been alone too long, Kathy. I know Jim was a jerk, but why don't you come over and, you know, see what happens? The trouble was, she'd tried see what happens, and it only ever amounted to her rising frustrations. She'd lain awake for countless nights, fingers questing, brain alight, searching for that little bit of heat which would see her through one more nice, normal, all-too-predictable good morning. Catherine jerked and almost screamed, sending the man beside her staggering back. Sorry, he half shouted, eyes as wide as panes of glass. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to startle you. I just... It's all right, Catherine said, sucking in air. I just didn't see you coming. Sorry, he said again, hands clasped in repentance. I, um... I was just looking for someone. Oh? Catherine replied, the medley rising, an orchestra tuning up. 
Yeah, and I, um, look, I'm really sorry to bother you, but are you her? Catherine took the man in, slowly. He'd worn blue, just as she'd asked, his thin, narrow chest wrapped in a cobalt shirt and tie. He was clean-shaven and neither handsome nor ugly, his face like that of a Dave or Pete or Brian. Over his belly, his fingers twined continuously, working themselves into ever-shifting knots. Catherine studied those fingers, liking how long and dexterous they seemed. Swallowing thickly, Catherine pointed to the chair beside her. Yes, she said, voice uneven but firm. I'm her. The man sat, and for a long minute, neither spoke. So, um, he said, voice faltering. Where do we, I mean, how do you want to? He squeezed his eyes shut and stopped, fingers finally stilling in his lap. Blowing a short, sharp raspberry, he sat back. You tell me, he said at last, his gaze direct for the first time. Catherine smiled at him, because apart from this stranger, there wasn't a detail she hadn't planned. The airport may have been small, but security was tight, and Terminal C was the busiest of them all. No one in her family knew where she really was, but one close friend certainly did. Said friend had called her crazy in every synonym under the sun, but her demand for details, every detail, had brought Catherine laughing till she ran out of breath. Even the outfit she wore had been chosen with the same attentive care. Shoes she could run in if she had to, underwear she could afford to lose, and a skirt that billowed just enough to allow for maneuvering. Laughing quietly, Catherine tucked her head in close, lowering her voice so it drew in this stranger who could be anything she wanted or nothing at all. They spoke for ten minutes, and though it was the most awkward conversation of her life, it was also the most honest she'd been with anyone in longer than she cared to admit. For his part, Dave or Pete or Brian said little, agreeing to everything she asked. What few demands he made were simple, even exciting, and by the time she stood, Catherine felt a new energy suffusing her limbs. Give me two minutes, then follow me in, she said, his smile following her as she left. The bathroom she'd chosen was small but serviceably spare, wrapped up in the smell of industrial lemon. When the knock finally came, Catherine's heart thudded as she threw open the door. Wordlessly, Dave or Pete or Brian slipped past, taking his place atop the toilet. Locking the door behind them, Catherine smiled at this stranger with his blue shirt and hungry grin. They stared at each other for a long moment, and then, with slow, conscious movements, began. Catherine lifted her skirt as he unbuckled his belt. She slipped her fingers into her underwear as he stroked himself, his cock held tightly in his fist. She teased herself slowly, stirring the soft hairs with her palm, gliding a finger between her lips, drawing out the warmth like a friend called out to play. Dave or Pete or Brian bit his lip and stroked more quickly now, growing harder by the second. With deft fingers, Catherine slipped her underwear off and spread her thighs wide, 
Slipping a finger inside herself, she gasped and rolled the hood of her clit gently, sending light straight up her spine. Soon enough, the smell of lemon faded, replaced by the musk of their exertions. Her thighs were quivering, and his cock was hard and red. He'd brought condoms, but she made him use her own, squirting a dollop of lube into the palm of her hand. Straddling his thighs, she grasped him, the first time they'd ever really touched. He sighed as Catherine lowered herself down, but for her it was uncomfortable at first. Her inner muscles, too long unused, rebelled at his thickness, leaving her hissing as she rocked against him back and forth. Breathing deeply, she closed her eyes, listening to the sounds beyond the door. The whisk of luggage wheels and conversations, the thousands of people walking by. None of them would ever see her like this, her bare ass clenching as she rode this stranger, her breath coming in frantic gasps as he went deeper every time. With a shudder, Catherine rocked forward, now flush against his hips. She sighed and let her head fall back, the sensation not quite orgasm, but the pleasure of being filled. Bucking against him, she grinned as he grabbed fistfuls of her ass. In the darkness behind her eyes, she remade him into what she needed most. Simply a man who would let her ride him the way she wanted, whose hands were strong and could be taught. Taking one of those hands, she guided it to the hard bud of her clit, showed him how to roll it till she was gasping for breath. From close by, she heard someone laughing. A jolt of arousal swept through her at the thought of throwing the door wide open, of hoisting her skirt and letting whoever it was gawk at her stranger's slick, hard cock thrusting inside. Shaking, Catherine bucked hard one last time, a shout locked away in her chest. Dave or Pete or Brian's hands held her tight as the tremors passed. Her chest still heaving, Catherine then opened her eyes to find him grinning at her, eyes as hungry as the sky. Inside her, he twitched, still hard, the sensation burning through her. Smiling, she stood up just enough to let him slip out, then sat back on his thighs. She opened her blouse and tugged her bra aside, moaning as he grasped her breasts greedily and sucked them into his mouth. Reaching down, she took hold of him, fingers becoming a blur on his cock. With her free hand, she spread herself again, showing him what he'd just fucked, glistening and wet. When he saw her sex, he whimpered, bucking roughly beneath her thighs, His mouth left her breast, and he threw his head back, cock-twitching like a fish caught on the line. At the last moment, before she could decide against it, Catherine ripped the condom off and tossed it aside. Dave or Pete or Brian stared at her, wide-eyed, his mouth agape. But her furiously stroking fingers were too much, and he bit his lip, spilling a warm stickiness into her hand as he came. Even here, he said nothing only a touch on the wrist to tell her he was spent. She let him go, loving how soft his cock was as it plopped against his belly. For a long moment, the two sat still, breathing slowly, then moved together like dancers at the end of a particularly arduous ballet. 
At the sink, they washed and dressed, her underwear and the condom buried at the bottom of the trash. By the end, they could have been any other world travelers, their only commonality having shared the same plane. As she poked her head out the door, Catherine quickly scanned the crowd and then walked away without looking back. Halfway down the promenade, she stopped, buying the biggest bottle of water she could find. But in between gulps, he called to her, and she turned, fearing he'd ruin everything, that he'd ask for her name, or her number, or when he could fuck her again. Instead, he only grinned and held out a slip of paper. Without thinking, she took it, and he vanished, swallowed up by the ever-changing crowd. The paper was a napkin from the donut place across the way. On it was a note and a phone number, written in a looping kind of scrawl. Call me if you want, it read, and Catherine couldn't help but smile. Outside the airport, her car had been baking in the warm, late-morning light. Behind the wheel, she fiddled with her keys, then left them dangling in the ignition. She dug out the napkin again and traced it with a finger. If I want. Families slowly shuffled by as Catherine laid the note on the seat beside her. Any one of them could have chanced by, seen her spreading her legs, seen the way she relished the warm ache between her thighs. Catherine whimpered at how exposed she was, and though her fingers were not as deep nor as thick as her stranger's cock, they were enough, and soon nothing could hold her back. Minutes later, she somehow found the strength to put her home, and though guilt at lying to her mother fought to return, it was quickly crushed. For now, all she wanted, all she needed, was someone like Dave or Pete or Brian. Weaving her way in and out of traffic, she thought of calling him sometime, of proposing another illicit rendezvous, or maybe just... Slowly, Catherine grinned and rubbed her fingers together, imagining she could still feel that warm stickiness again. Maybe she'd post the ad again, spin the wheel just to see what it brought. At the thought of it, each car she passed became a different stranger. Another patient yet anxious man, silent but for what she desired. Without thinking, Catherine's foot pressed down hard on the gas because what waited for her at home no longer mattered. What mattered was her longing and that ache and the way all her potential strangers looked at her in her head as she beckoned each of them forth with a slow, sweet smile. All right, Lurid listeners, we hope you guys enjoyed the show. That was I'm Her by Henry Corrigan. You guys can follow Henry Corrigan on Twitter at... Henry Corrigan. If you aren't following us on Twitter already, please do so now so that you don't miss out on any of our audiobook giveaways. We're also on Instagram if you're looking around there too. If you want more sexy stories and would like to support the show, that is, keep the microphone and the lights on here at Stupid Fish Productions, please do go to Amazon, iTunes, or Audible and search Rose Caraway. 
please remember to leave us a review so that more Lured listeners can find us. Audio production by Big Daddy Dave Carraway. The KMQ would like to thank Analog by Nature and the KMQ introduction music by Vivich. The Kiss Me Quicks Erotica podcast is a Stupid Fish production and is brought to you by Coming Soon, Women's Orgasm Erotica, edited by Rachel Kramer Bussell, narrated by Rose Carraway. Stupid fish. Oh, bad! Oh, my God. It's such a sin. Cause I was born. Bone to be bad. Oh, wow. Get it, Daddy. <laughs>